you put the laughter in and people will know where it came from. That's actually me class. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the Stadio Podcast in Ringer FC. I'm Musa Kwonga. I'm Ryan Hearn. Ryan, how are you doing? I'm right, thanks man. How are you? Good. Are you wearing a Manchester United shirt there? What are you talking about? Of course <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> Look, it's a t-shirt. There it is. I'm just being silly. It's, it's red, You're trying white. to throw me under a bloody bus. I know, You're I know. you me already. It's and actually, <laughs> this t-shirt has, do you remember the Arsenal 2012 to 2014 home kit? With the red stripe, the white stripe and the navy stripe. That's really nice, actually. That's why I bought it, actually. That's really nice. Where's it It from? wasn't... Uh, I'm not telling you. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, because it's not, you know, it's not a, it's not a particularly cool establishment. But um, this is honestly the truth. I bought a t-shirt because the sleeves reminded me of the 2012 to 2014 Arsenal home shirt. Yeah, it looked great. Thanks, mate. You look great as well. You look like... Um, you're part of a team that's going up against Lebowski and all that lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, got the polo shirt. It's like one of those... Kind of like if you were in Shawshank. Yeah. <laughs> when I was walking up the beach, you'd come to greet me in that shirt. Technically, I am kind of Shawshank. This is kind of, <laughs> I do have Shawshank energy. I do. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing a mailbag today. We are indeed. We are. The Bundesliga is back this weekend. It is. Well, there Schalke. are no Bundesliga questions whatsoever. Should we create some? Should we create? I'm going to say, oh, we've got this one from at Santi is the best. Will Gladbach win the league. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Actually, on that note, I'm going to have to redo or update the thread of the Bundesliga manager. Threads thread. Right, yes, yes. Have you seen new new clothing? Well, we need to talk about Ronald Koeman, but we'll talk about that later. Okay, we'll get into that. Yeah. But a few people hit us up about that. Oh, okay. Got some stuff about Neymar and Puma that I want to talk about. Mm, okay. Something about Moose's love for cupcakes. Wow, that's fair. Shout out to Cupcake Berlin. Shout out. They're amazing. Stop it, they're not sponsoring. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some Gareth Bale chat. Uh, we've got loads, actually. Um, so before we get into that, don't forget, Stadio... I keep going to say Stadio Ultras, man. Stadio Outros playlist <laughs> on Spotify. Search Stadio Outros on Spotify and you'll find the Stadio profile, which has all of our playlists on there. Stadio.bandcamp.com is the theme music if you want to go and buy it. It's, we're donating all the money. And theringer.com forward slash soccer for all of your soccer needs on The Ringer. Oh, actually, no shit, we've got news. You're writing a book. Another, another book. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. So Musa, context. Context. Musa wrote a children's book about Raheem Sterling for Scholastic. Came out this year? Yeah, January, January 5th. He's doing another one. This time he's doing it with Ian Wright. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. Congrats, man. Thanks a lot. Yeah, no, it's awesome. So it's coming out next September. So that's 2021. Uh, And it's basically a novel, which is, what we did was we took the kind of, you know, his Desert Island Discs interview, which is incredible. Mm. We took that as the emotional core of the book. And basically we're like, instead of just doing a straight, you know, biography for children, do an actual novel, like tell a story because Ian's obviously got that, you know, he has that presence on the field, but there's a lot he does beyond the field. There's a lot of work he does beyond the field. Yeah. 
And so I thought, well, it'd be so interesting to look at him as a footballer, flashing back to that, but then also like who he is now as a mentor. So the idea really is to have, there's a 13 year old boy, Jerome, who is going through some tough times, who reminds Ian of himself on and off the field. And they have a sort of encounter. And after that, they end up becoming friendly. Oh. Yeah. And then Ian kind of, you know, hopefully helps him through and we'll see how it works out. I'm really excited about it because as you know, we both work with Ian and I've we both really enjoyed that experience. It's been great. And there's something so exciting about writing about football, but life beyond it. So you can get, it actually basically, it fills all my needs. I love doing children's writing. It's great working with Ian. Um, and it allows me to kind of do sort of, you know, that's the thing about the Raheem Sterling book. There were some passages where I could actually do almost like football star match reports mm. in the middle of a children's book. Like, so talking about like techniques, playmaking, and that was, it's such a rewarding experience. And I love writing for young people because they don't have, no, it's not that they're really discerning and they don't have that kind of inhibition that comes with age of people going, yeah. oh, I don't like this so much. They just tell you straight. So in many ways, they're the best possible critics. Yeah. So I can't wait to put this out there again. It's so exciting. Oh man, it's amazing. Isn't Ian right, you know? It's wild, eh? How cool is that? This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. All right, so let's get into a mailbag. And then we'll talk about some other bits a bit later. Right, we're going to start with Ao Lay. Yes, shout to Ao. Thoughts on Bale to Spurs under this version of Mourinho? Right. Does Spurs need a left back? Cracks knuckles. See what I did there? How dare you slander Ben Davis like that? <laughs> Not on my podcast. Oh, okay. So Mourinho and Bale. I think this is going to be fun. I like it. I do. I like it a lot, actually. I think it's great. Yeah, me too. Should we keep going? Yeah. Bale has nothing to prove at this point. Nothing at no. all to prove. You know, it's like a James Rodriguez type thing. It's a player that he's, goes he's off the radar. Yeah. He's in great shape. The attack will be built around him. Mm, I don't agree with that, but... Why, why not? Because they've only got him for a year. They're not going to build the whole attack around him. He'll have to slot in. I think he'll go right. Right-hand side. Son left. Behind Kane, that's the, that's the kind of the three inside, well, two inside forward. Even if, even if Kane is ailing. Little. That's a really scary front three. 
I'd want no parts of that as a centre-back. Like Kane and Bale are big dudes as well. Yeah. And I actually prefer Gareth Bale. I've preferred him on the right-hand side at Madrid than I ever did on the left-hand side at Spurs. Yeah, well, it also, but the right at Spurs, he was terrifying. Did he play that often on the right for Spurs, though? Not that often, but he did. He, he made that run a lot. Mm. He made that run a lot, and it was devastating. I think this is going to be a really good move for Spurs. And with the addition of Regulong as well, I think that's... Strong recruitment. It's really good recruitment. Because I saw there was rumours of them going after Milik, and I didn't like that. And I didn't like the money they would have to part with to get him. Imagine what Poch could have done with a season of Bale. Listen, man, Poch isn't coming back. Yeah, but... Right? You need why, to get why, this out of your... Sorry. Do you know what? I should have like a sort of Stadio Candles where there's a corner of my flat where I just like burn candles for, for deals that are never going to be resurrected. It's like a little like Poch bobblehead holding a rosary. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I really like this Bale thing. How many goals a season do you reckon he gets them? All competitions? Yeah. I reckon he gets 25. Ooh, I like that. I would say I was going to be like conservative. No, his skill set is still really suited to the Premier League. Yes. So I think he could easily be an 18, 19 goal a season Premier League player. Yeah. Well, and then with cup true. competitions, you know, he's done it in the Champions League, so he'll do it in the Europa League. It's such a brilliant signing, actually. Frankly, for a lot of people, apart from the hardcore, all's kind of forgiven. You've got this marquee striker in a marquee stadium, full of motivation, or just not even, this is the thing, it's not about no motivation at this point. It's about a player being at ease, a returning champion. Yeah. We've never seen an elite player returning to a club where he made his name still near his prime. We haven't really seen that before. You know, Pogba, you could talk about Pogba maybe, but I suppose that's the only comparison. Mm. Where he made his name, that's the different thing. Pogba didn't really make his name at United. He'd gone before he was a first team regular. Right, so even that, right. I don't think we've really seen it before, not in the modern era. Well, I mean, Lucy Bronze at Man City is a shout. Actually, no, that's actually, that's Although I I think in the women's game, there is a lot more of that. Okay, but no, but it's still applicable. Let's still, let's still, mm. no, let's go with it because since I made the analogy, yeah, Lucy Bronze is probably the only other one. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're probably more if, we, if we've forgotten. Let us know. Yeah, but please yeah, send them in. Yeah. I really love this Gareth Bale signing and I think he'll do really well. And well, Mourinho said that he wanted to sign him at Real Madrid and then they got him when he left, mm. which is such Mourinho energy. I have no idea whether it's true or not. And to be honest, I don't really care. But I think those two are going to get on. They're either going to get on really, really well or they're going to get on really terribly. There's not going to be a middle ground, I don't think. Bale and Mourinho. Oh, yeah. God. You know, this is the awful thing. There's always that weird thing where you're like, it could be like Ibra or it could be like, you're right, where he does that thing Pogba. where he's just like, I've got, a big, I've got a big player. Let me just destroy him. The only thing that I thought maybe that won't be the case with Bale is that he's a new player arriving. He's not already there when he turns up. Could be cynical as well. He needs him. Oh, of course he does. That's why it's not going to be that way. It's going to play out differently because he really, really needs, mm. he needs Bale. And to be, to be fair as well, now I have been critical of the documentary. I, you know, my, my concern has always been, how do you attract elite talent with a thing like that going on? And to be fair, like if Levy does that, if Levy attracts this elite talent, then fair play to him. Absolutely. You know. Um, let's move on to another question. This one from Graham Cumberbatch. Now, obviously Neymar got sent off last week we talked about this it was his first game since he switched to Puma from Nike he's now the face of Puma Neymar he wants to bring the king back Graham Cumberbatch says can Neymar make Puma a contender again where does the king rank on your list of iconic boots top five for me without a doubt oh do you want to do this off the top of your head top five boots the predator it's number one yes okay what's number two I was hoping you'd build up the tension and go five to one but you know no straight at number one 
the Adidas Predators, the one boot where I saw were actually... First gen? Um, the one that... You think in 98, the accelerators? The ones that Zidane wore. In the World Cup? Yeah. Those are extraordinary because they were the perfect Venn diagram of design, comfort, and effectiveness. Like you actually saw those things making a difference to really, you know, when those things were used against really good footballs. So I would say one... I had those boots, actually. Just in terms of a boot that does everything. Second, I would put the, the Lotto Van Bastens. Oh, these are... Um, okay. Yeah, because no one... You can't wear... Like, they're such a standalone, but you can't wear them unless you're that, that good. You can't. Like, no one wore them. Like, third, I put the Puma Kings. Stunning boots. Look amazing. Super comfortable. Just, you know, iconic. Fourth, I put the um, Baggio Diodoras. And fifth... I would put the Nike Tiempo. Which Tiempo are we talking? Um, there was one in like, there was at the mid 90s. I'm talking about with the flappy tongue. Yeah, the mid 90s. The, the legend. Mm, I think mid 90s, or are you thinking like 2000s? Ronaldinho vibes? No, earlier, earlier. Because Ronaldinho vibes had the tongue that was like the rigid floppy. tongue. Yeah. But these, the Tiempo had much floppier tongues, you had to tie them down. Oh, I remember. Yeah, the proper, proper old school tempos. Yeah, they were gorgeous. They were nice. Ah, yeah. That's a big shout. I am going to go for, hmm. All right, number five, I'm going to go for the Mizuno Wave Cup, the black and white ones. Or what, the Rivaldo ones? Yeah, but the black edition. Yep, fair. Yeah, strong. Four, I'd say Ronaldo's Mercurial, the R9s. Yeah, they look great. In terms of like icon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Iconic. They will never age. Yeah. Number three, I'd say the Tempo Legends, the mid-2000 ones. Okay. Got a bit later. All good. Number two, I'd say Puma King. And number one, I'd say Copa Mundial. I'd say the Copa Mundial is the most iconic boot ever. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, just because they, they did everything, they are everything, aren't they? Yeah. And they were also so beautiful. They're so beautiful. They're so comfortable. They just, yeah. Before we move on from the boot chat, what's the favorite boots you ever owned? Adidas. Predator, the champagne-coloured ones. <laughs> I knew you'd have a pair of you champagne know, ones. Yeah, but do you know why? Do you know why? This was weird. So when I was playing for Stonewall FC, it was almost like I want the centre-backs to want to kick me. I want to basically <laughs> go out on a field and I'm like, that cocky, we want to kick that guy. So you basically had to create a situation you were like, is a statement. Every time you got on the pitch, it was like you were inviting confrontation. So yeah, I would say it's those. How about, how about yours? Um... I had the Predator Accelerators, but I always had Puma Kings growing up. Then I had some Copper Mundials. I'm trying to think what boost I've got at the moment. I think I've got Tiempos at the moment. And I've got a pair of all black Magistas, actually, that are really Ooh. good because they've got the sock as well. So they look really smart. They're like a blackout pair, but the, the swoosh is like reflective. Oh my goodness. Let's go to a break. We'll come back and do some more questions. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, back from the break. Well, let's do this one from Luke Bennell. He said, give us one, brackets, one. <laughs> Hot take each for the coming season. 
Oh my goodness. No, he's going to get us in trouble. Oh, come on. Like that's, like that's ever stopped you before. <laughs> what did you say on Twitter? You're never quitting this app. I'm never quitting that app. I'm never quitting this app. <laughs> I'll never, I'll never quit Twitter. Never. A hot take for this season. Barca are going to win the league. <laughs> <laughs> Is that hot enough for you? Yikes. <laughs> you wanted it. You got it. Wow. There it is. There's a hot take for you. <laughs> now get the tongues wagging. <laughs> oh, I hate predictions. That's, I suppose that's why they're a hot take, right? That's what Luke's trying to do, trying to Anderson it. So I... Oh. How hot? That came in hot, didn't it? <laughs> I feel like I've been thrown off my axis. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh my God, I can't but believe... Yeah, but you really hate predictions. It's like a thing. I can't believe these words are going to come out of my mouth. Are you ready? Go on, go on. I think Arsenal are going to qualify for the Champions League. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh-huh. I can see that happening though. I think something bad's happening, Musa. I think I'm starting to believe. Oh no. I think I've drunk the Kool-Aid. Oh, Ryan. I know. And you know how dangerous this is, man. It's so dangerous. I know because you know, I've got a lot of love to give, right? And it just, it feels, I feel vulnerable now. Part of me said, Ryan, no. <laughs> yeah. Like I said on podcasts previous, I'm sick of having my heart broken by men I've never met. <laughs> and I'm setting myself up again for another heartbreak this season. But Do you know, that's a, that take has more basis in logic, reality, or fact than mine. I can see. Well, it. you know, love is blind, huh? <laughs> so, that's true. That's true. Well, on that note, Jamie Garwood said, Who do you think will get the Premier League's golden boot this year? Mo Salah. Oh, yeah, he will. He's angry. He is angry. He's really angry. He's already got three. He's already got three. He's really angry. Oh, the only question is African Cup of Nations. Mm. That's the only question. But even that, no, I think he still wins it. I think Mo Salah wins it. Because I was thinking, okay, if Liverpool don't bring a new signing, then different things have to go, different emphases have to come to their team because like the defence is not as robust as it was last year. I think that's a fair thing to say given the game since they clinched the title. It's not quite as robust. It's still a great defence, don't get me wrong. Leadership will come from different areas of the team and I think Salah will take on that mantle. I think he'll get a golden boot. I think that's a really good shout. I think Aubameyang's a shout. Yep. Now he's signed the new deal. He's staying at Arsenal, which I'm so happy about. And that video was amazing. All of the, all of the stuff that came out the day that he signed, well, that the signing was announced was so wholesome and apparently it is official he turned down concrete offers from Barcelona and Inter to stay don't want to name drop I was actually talking to Ian Wright about this the other day and we were talking about how because I I said to him do you think Aubameyang could break your record or get past your tally and he was just like yeah I think he could and he'd be all right with that I don't mind coming in third behind Aubameyang and Omri wow wow and I just thought that's such a measure of who Aubameyang is I think that thing about wanting to leave a legacy is genuine at Arsenal. And there's part of me that thinks that if Arsenal can solve their creativity issues this season compared to last season, bearing in mind the amount of goals he scored with a side that isn't creating much, I think you could potentially see him break the 30 goal thing for the Premier League. That's my only issue with him being the golden boot winner. It's just uh, the chance creation. Well, I mean, he managed to do it. He managed to share it, didn't he? A couple of seasons ago when Arsenal weren't creating much anyway. Yeah. And so I think there's a chance he could do it. Or, you know, like we mentioned earlier on, you know, 
what if Gareth Bale comes back and then just wins the Golden Boot? <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh, wow. That, that, that's, yeah. Okay, right. We need to address something. Yeah. The, the big story of the week wasn't Obama Yang signing. Shouts to everyone who hipped us to this. Lisa Goodrum, Sports Yeller, Ravinda Clare, numerous other people. Ronald Koeman's. Oh, no. I know. I know. Sockless loafers. Oh, no. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Okay. I knew it. This is deeply troubling. It's dangerous. This is serious because this to me shows a bit of a lack of awareness. Yes. A massive lack of awareness, actually. Yes. It's known that Koeman's got an ego. Yep. However, if I had been appointed Barcelona manager at this time, well, let's say head coach because he's head coach. Yes. I would want to perceive or give the impression publicly whether it was true or not yes that I'm taking this extremely seriously because there is a lot to sort out right Tyler's shirt the top two buttons undone sockless loafers actually in my opinion portrays an image of a lack of respect for the football club or the task at hand yes in my opinion yeah do you know what it is it's all eyes on me that's the problem it is but he's not you know that if you're going to in the current situation, there are going to be so many eyes on Barca anyway. And you know that people are going to be talking about that. With everything that's gone on with Barcelona this summer, the last conversation that should be taking place on Twitter about Barcelona should have Ronald Koeman's ankles at the centrepiece of it. Right. And he got dressed that morning knowing that that would be a thing people would look at. There's no question. Oh, and while, we, while we're here, by the way, important because we're recording this right now, David Ornstein report that Thiago has agreed to move to Liverpool. Wow. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, should we get into that then? We need Breaking to. news. We need to get into that. That is absolutely, David Ornstein. Just the Ornacle. <laughs> just the Ornacle, yeah. One of the most reliable um, football journalists. Liverpool agreed deal to sign Spain midfielder Thiago Ocantara from Bayern Munich for a fee of around 30 million euros. Wow. Talks have accelerated since Monday after Bayern officials made clear they wanted it done before the Bundesliga starts. That's from the Athletic UK. That's huge. I think this is such a key signing the money that they're paying for him as well is yeah. going to end up being an absolute snip comparatively yes 30 million euros for Thiago for Thiago Alcantara it's astonishing this is a piece that I think Liverpool really needed yes they needed another dimension to that midfield yeah and I think that if you look at for example the balance that was present between Goretzka and Thiago at Bayern mm. I think it's, it's really quite easily possible to maintain that balance or to recreate that kind of balance with someone like Henderson, who's a very different midfielder, but who will... Henderson strikes me as the kind of guy who will be like, right, I'm prepared to work an extra 5 to 10% to make sure that Thiago gets to do his thing. Unquestionably. And there aren't a lot of club captains or people in the Premier League who would be prepared to make that sacrifice in a central midfield role. Right. But he, we've said before that like Henderson is a glue guy. And... This just makes so much sense. I do wonder if it means that maybe Wijnaldum's on the way because he's the only other midfielder, I think, at Liverpool who is slightly comparable to Thiago's skill set, I think. Which says a lot for Thiago's skill set because it's just otherworldly. It's a, yeah. Thiago is, this is a, this is such a decisive signing. This fundamentally alters the destination of the title, like in terms of a new title race. If we, this Thiago is so important in terms of his control of match tempo and his defensive strength, which is underrated. He provides 
more screening for the centre-backs. He cuts off problems before they arrive. He's always available for the outlet pass. You know, you're seeing now the challenges Liverpool have had with the centre-backs being targeted. Now that Thiago isn't out, now that he can get the ball, you've basically got like a third centre-back who can receive possession because he drops Mm -hmm. that deep in that sense. You have an extraordinary playmaker. We haven't really had a player, and this is just hoping that he stays fit, of this specific type since since Paul Scholes, I would say late era Paul Scholes, you know, that, that type of, or, or Luka, Modric, Luka Modric as well. That's the mm-hmm. level that we're looking at. That's, it's an extraordinary acquisition for Liverpool. This to me feels a lot like when Jabi Alonso went to Real Madrid. Okay. Yeah. Good shout. Weirdly, Thiago, I don't think is considered a, a superstar because he is quite low key. Yeah. And so much of the work that he does is so subtle on the football pitch that it's really easy to go and notice. Like we've said this before, that a lot of what makes a player great, I think, is making the right decisions at the right time. And often, in order to be a truly great player, and I mean great, some of your game will be quite boring and not very eye-catching because it's the right thing to do at the moment. Maybe a two-yard pass to someone who's in space it, you, you won't notice that on the football pitch. Things, people notice the attempted wonder through ball that gets intercepted, but people clap the intent. Yeah, yeah. Keeping the ball, circulation of the ball, knowing the right time when to change the tempo. These are things that Thiago is an absolute master at. And they're not really that eye-catching. It's not as eye-catching as Ronaldo, for example, or Cristiano Ronaldo doing nine step-overs and then just passing it to one guy. Right. I think this creates a problem for other teams in the Premier League who will play Liverpool this season because they are so used to Liverpool playing a certain way. It's like Batman rocking up with new toys. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. What well, that scene in the movie when the thing when it actually had the um the bat and it could actually fly, yeah. and Evan just thought that Hugo was just driving. This is Liverpool's version of the bat. Excellent shot. I'm really excited to see him in the Premier League. Me too. He's such an unbelievable player, and like I say, I think someone who's I still think is underrated. Yeah, I agree. Weirdly, but yeah, wow. Tiago in the Premier League. All right, let's have another question. Yeah, sure, let's do it. I quite like this question and it's a, it's a semi-what-if in a way from DKA underscore 18 on Twitter. Where does Ralph Rangnick go now that Milan didn't happen? What's the most appealing project for him now? Gosh, that's such a great question. That's such an amazing question. I have a couple of potentials. Hmm. Somewhere like Nice. Ooh. Yeah. Do you know why? Money, interesting pieces are either end of the squad, aging talent, but young talent to come through that needs to be galvanized. Casper Dolberg, most obviously. PSG, not stumbling, but with, yeah, slightly stumbling. You know, got a very late winner the other day to save them. Drax got a late winner of the night. Um, I just think if you want to get a team, if you want to put a team on the map a bit more, you've got money, you've got an attractive place to go for players to like resurrect their careers. So I think, I think in, in France, I would say Nice. Okay. I think there's a shout for him in the Premier League, actually. Yeah, I've got a Premier League shout. Do you know what? It feels almost disrespectful because it's too obvious. Go on. No. You were going to say Man United. I wasn't actually. They weren't my shout. No, actually, no. I think the Premier League is good for those coaches. I think, weird, you know, this is really weird. I think the Premier League has all the right coaches at the moment. No, well, I, th- I, I see this more as a sporting director role. 
Oh, okay. Oh, oh God. United, definitely. Oh, as a coach, as a, as a kind of, because he was um, at Milan, he was going to be the manager and the director. Yeah. So that was my niece shout, someone to come in as the manager and the sporting director. But yeah, United as a sporting director, he'd be astonishing. I think. I love that. What a great question. Thank you. Wow. In terms of the overall running both, maybe Valencia is my shout, but they don't have the money. No, exactly. But they really need some fixing. Returning a club like Valencia to former glory, I think would be a good task. They're probably the worst run club in La Liga, right? Valencia at the moment. Which is saying, no, no, actually no, most clubs in La Liga are doing okay. But yeah, Valencia is a badly, it's badly run. I like that a lot. In the Premier League, in a sporting sense, sporting director role, I'd like to see him at Leicester. Oh, wow. Working with Brendan Rodgers. I think that would be amazing, actually. That's incredible. It's got Hoffenheim energy. It does, it does. And it's basically got like permanent top six energy. Under Rangnick, with the right mm-hmm. recruitment, Leicester can become a perennial top six threat, I think. I like that question. I loved that question. Thank you. Okay, right. This one from Shante. She just wrote views and it was basically the FFF president, Noel Legrat, saying that racism in football barely exists. The quote was, when a black player scores a goal, the whole stadium is on its feet. This phenomenon of racism in sport and in football in particular does not exist at all or barely exists. And she tweeted us just saying views. You, sir, are thoroughly incorrect. And a man in your position with that authority and that responsibility, like the president of French football, with the makeup of the France squad that has won both of their World Cups, should know better. He does know better, and I'm embarrassed for him. If I was any one of the core members of that French squad, I would be coming together, putting pressure on people above them to be like, this guy cannot be the president of the French Football Federation. If he believes this, he's not in a position to govern or oversee the Football Federation of a country like France. There's just no way. Because if he is, then he's kind of telling on himself in public that he doesn't understand his own country, let alone its footballers. It's really scary to me that people like that can get promoted that far. And I think that at the very best, he's a useful clown. He's someone who's so incompetent that he's been promoted because they're like, oh, that guy, like we can use that guy. Mm-hmm. He's so ignorant. He cares so little about these issues that he's a company man who's just a yes man. I've never seen it. And I think actually, the older I get, the more I observe people like that in high positions of authority. I think it's a mix of, actually, screw this. No, he's bullshitting. He's bullshitting because if you live in a world like his, that's by design. There's enough black people in France that you could have worked in a professional capacity with people that were senior to you. And if you're not asking questions to why that is, given the demographics in France, then you must at some level believe, whether consciously or subconsciously, that we're inferior. Like I, when I, when people come out with quotes like that, surrounded by everything that's happening in the world and in France, you know, Black Lives Matter in France and black footballers going what they go through. If that's what you're coming out with at some level, you just don't like black people very much. Mm -hmm. This is another one for the, what the fuck are we actually doing? Everyone folder. Absolutely. It's not really denial. Like, you know, it, people know what's going on. I was talking to someone like this and they go, oh, like there's no issue with race in this country. I said, okay, take home a black boyfriend and see what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they went quiet. I said, you see, you know that racism is an issue. You just don't have to deal with it. And they were like, yeah, actually, my aunt's really racist. My aunt uses the N-word. I was like, there you go. So you're, t- you're saying there's no racism in your family, but you would take a black boyfriend home 
not warning him about what was going on. This like Get Out. It's like the plot <laughs> of Get Out. Yeah, it's like that. Um, let's move on to another one. And oh my God, timing. <laughs> this one's from Cheeky Ball Boy. <laughs> In the light of the heaviness of, well, everything in the world, timing is amazing. But <laughs> what are you guys most excited and or optimistic about for this new season? Oh my goodness. Um, you know what I'm really optimistic about and excited about? What's that? The inevitable shutdown of football again. Oh my. <laughs> so we could go conceptual for a month. Well, you know what? Friends, pair of friends, um, I was out the other night, um, a friend. And Don't get deep. This is this is meant to be a fun one. Yeah, I know. Sorry, sorry. Okay, okay. Well, her, her, yeah, her parents, the, the school got shut down. Okay, great. All right. No, well, there we go, Bob. No, we're, we're... Sorry. Well, I'm looking forward to it. No, no. On a serious note, on a happy note, on a happy note, on an un- unserious note. I am... You're an unserious note. <laughs> I am. I am. I'm looking forward to... I guess I'm looking forward to like, now that Messi's staying, trying to get the best out of these young players. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. I'm really excited about Messi's first get Koeman out of my football club quote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. If I was Messi, I would have posted an Instagram picture just of Koeman's ankles and said, really? At FCB? <laughs> yes. Wild, wild. I stayed for this. I would have been like, do you know what? If I'd known that these ankles were going to be on show with these loafers, I would have taken you to court. <laughs> and call me naive as well. This is super naive. I'm going to hate myself for saying it. I'm looking forward to Joao Felix's breakout season in Spain. In 2024. It's not going to happen this year, but I Under want- Under Pochettino. I just love watching him so much. I, I really, yeah, I just, I just hope that he takes off this year. He, I enjoyed watching him in the Nations League, actually. Yeah. What am I most excited or optimistic about this season? From a personal fan point of view, I'm really optimistic about Arsenal in the Women's Super League. I'm a, I'm a little bit too optimistic about Arsenal in general at the moment. I'm really excited about Dortmund this season. Bayern won the treble and signed Leroy Sané. Yeah. However, we did say the only slight chance that the Bundesliga, the rest of the Bundesliga might get is if they let Thiago go. Yeah. He's gone. Yeah. I think they'll be okay. Kimish Goretzka is still heavy. I mean, you can put Kimish in there and play Pavar right back. I mean, they're good. This is the thing about Joshua Kimmich. He's like, oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, we forgot we, forgot we got a Kimmich. But you know, it's funny though. In those marginal get in that game, the 1-0... Dortmund looked really good for stretches of that. Kimmich played centre midfield that game. Yeah, he did. Yeah. I just, I just wonder now. Like, I mean, those big games, Gladbach, Bayern. You know, Gladbach, Bayern, Gladbach, Dortmund. Those are again going to be pivotal. I just think with Leipzig losing Werner and not really strengthening to the same extent, and they lost Patrick Schick as well. Yeah, that's a, gone to Leverkusen. That's a big loss. That's a big. That's, I mean, Leverkusen could be a little sneak to do something fun this year. That's true. I'm looking forward to the Bundesliga, actually, yeah. Yeah, I'm really excited about the Bundesliga. I'm really looking forward to it, yeah. I'm hopefully going to be going to my first game, not this weekend, but the following weekend. So yeah. I want fans back, though. But the, well, apparently there will be fans back. Uh, I think there's it's room, I think maybe 10,000 at Dortmund. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I think there's going to be five at um, Union this weekend. 5,000, not five fans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, should we take another quick break? Yeah, let's do it. All right, we're back from the break. Final part of the show. Let's do this one quick from, this is a little bit of a personal one. We've got two personal ones actually. So let's do this one first. Yep, one yep. from John Larkin. He said, long shot I know, but is there any chance of an upcoming podcasting where you two interview each other? Probably not because- That would assume we were interesting. Exactly. <laughs> but he said just about the origins of the podcast and a deep dive into how you both got into the whole football world. So we could do a short version because we met 
because of the arse cast. That's right. Weirdly. And we played football at the same football club in Berlin, but yep. for different sides within the football club. And we met once briefly at a Christmas party, I think, yeah. beforehand. Yeah, yeah. I knew who you were. I knew who you were. <laughs> anyway, we got in touch, we went for coffee and it, it lasted for ages. We were talking about all kinds of stuff. I think it was not long after the Brexit vote. Right. It was still, the nerves were still raw. Yeah. And anyway, we would just meet for coffee once a week, shoot the shit. And you were writing obviously for big places and I hadn't really done any football stuff before. And you encouraged me to write my very first piece. On we Ozil. Talking, we're, yeah, we were talking about Ozil. The about Ozil, Ozil, yeah. Sanchez. Yeah, and you were just like, you should write this. And, yeah, it's um, a great piece, though, yeah. And actually, that's how I started getting into football writing, because of Musa. And then we teamed up on, a, on, a, on another podcast with someone else for a year, and then we started Stadio in 2019. Goodness. Yeah, just over a year ago. Good early entry into the podcast market. <laughs> yeah, because such a niche in 2019, two dudes talking about football and a podcast. I love the fact. I love the fact we looked at the world. We looked at the world, you know, financial, social, economic, you know, ecological <laughs> challenges. So, oh, what the world needs is another podcast with two, two dudes, dudes talking <laughs> about football. football. <laughs> oh, it's our gift to you, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> but how oh. did you get? How did you get into football writing? You just went, you went and wrote a book first, right? You just went straight in. Yeah, super weird. So I, I am, it was 2006 and I was approached by someone who was like, look, I'd heard about your creative writing, um, started out writing short stories and poems, wanted to be a literary novelist, still haven't written a literary novel. <laughs> and so she was like, look, what are you doing? Do you want to be a writer? And I was like, yeah, I'm still into it, but I'm doing other stuff right now, doing some poetry, but doing some, but not literary stuff. And she said, would you like to do like an investigative piece on the kind of the class system, like in the UK and the private school education? I was like, you know what? That's not really my, mm. I'm not an investigative journalist, but I was like, I do love football. Like it's always been in my family. Like my, my granddad was like, you know, coach, he got a national team for a while. A couple of uncles played like all America that, you know, football is such a big part of who I am mm. just as a, as an observer, as well as someone that plays it or played it. And, um, I said, I'd love to do a book about football. And I was like, well, let's do it for greatness in football. And let's do, let me just have come up with 11 things that make a great footballer and put it open to a conversation. So I wrote A Culture Left Foot. That came out in 2008. And that was like nominated for Sports Book of the Year, the William Hill. So that's how I got into football writing. And then shout out to James Tyler at ESPN, who gave me the chance to write about United. And then I ended up eventually... 13 years later. Sat here with me. <laughs> yeah. Lucky you. <laughs> the reason I told that story at some length is it's important people to realise the journey is long. Like I get people sometimes every now and again going, oh, like I really love what you do. I really love like, not love what I do. That sounds arrogant. I don't mean that. I mean, they love the sort of, the position I've got to. And I always say to them, do you know what? Like you wouldn't envy the journey at all. Mm. You wouldn't envy the journey and your journey will be different. Um, so whatever you end up doing, however you end up doing it, do be prepared for that level of challenge because goodness me, I mean, whew, it was, it's been a journey. And what a reward. Looking <laughs> at my face twice a week. <laughs> goodness. <laughs> uh, if there was ever a fable that said, <laughs> for the love of number eights, don't do it, anyone. <laughs> 
<laughs> you're the pot of you're the pot of gold, Ryan. You're the pot of oh, gold. God. <laughs> oh no. Wow. Nice plants though. Who? Gotta say, you've got nice plants. Like herbaceous. <laughs> yeah, you, your flat's got this sort of herbaceous border. That's quite a pleasant view. I know, not bad for a, a man. <laughs> <laughs> Let us have this one from Druva Balram. Ah, oh, Druva, what a great writer. Shout out to Druva. We know Musa loves his cupcakes. Ryan, what's your equivalent? Oh, man, my equivalent's sweet good. All right, our good friend Lee at Archetypes Cafe in Berlin has started doing Bakewell slices, and my God, they are like, oh my God. When he said there was none left, I turned into the angry woman shouting at the cat meme. You had, oh, yes. you had to drag me back and Lee was just across the counter and I was just like, give me the big one slices. Lee was just like, there's none left. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we're British, right? So Bakewell tarts or Bakewell slices are essentially in our DNA. Yes. But this shit. It slaps. Can, I, can, can we actually make a confession then? That the first time both of us went to get them on separate occasions, we both had a second helping. Yes, that's true. That's very true. And my, I was in the, uh, the kind of the, re, not the recon, I was in the testing phase. Beta. And I was like, beta. I think I'm, yeah, I was beta testing the vehicle slices. And I was like, I think I'm going to have to get another one just to, just to double check. There's a few things I want to re-go over in my, you know, just in terms of, just check there's any bugs, not bugs, bugs and cake. That doesn't work. Oh, you know what I mean? Anyway, they were great. Uh, Druva said, also, on a more serious note, taking into consideration the addition of so much talent in the Women's Super League this summer, could an English team realistically challenge Leon over the next few years? I'd say yes. And also, there's a lovely piece on the ringer.com forward slash soccer. Oh, written by one Mr. Ryan Hunt. Bakewell slice enthusiast. Yeah, I, th- I, I, I wrote a piece for the ringer about how Leon's superiority obviously reigned, but the, how the gap is closing. They've obviously lost a couple of key pieces whilst also signing some really good players. The Women's Super League is super stacked. Obviously, Chelsea and Manchester City are in the Champions League this season. It gives Arsenal more of a run at the league in the same way that it gave Chelsea more of a run at the league last season. I'd expect Chelsea to go deep in the Champions League this year. Mm. And I, I would expect Man City to, once all of their new signings have settled in, I fear a little bit for Wolfsburg. Although, draw depending, it wouldn't surprise me if it was a Leon, Manchester City, Chelsea, Wolfsburg semi-finals. Right. Potentially, you could throw PSG in there as well, because actually, I could see PSG potentially usurping Wolfsburg this season. Yeah. At European level, yeah. With terms yeah, of at European firepower. level. Yeah. 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 Penel Harder was a huge loss. And I don't think people yeah. have fully absorbed the scale. In Wolfsburg, they have, but outside the club, I'm not going to fully absorb the scale of that loss. That's He's a top five player in the world. Yeah. All right, man. Should we get out of here? Let's do it. Let these good people get on with their day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's got enough shit to deal with at the moment. And then, yeah. oh. Got these two in my ears. Back on their bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> that should be our tagline. Stadio, Moose and Ryan, back on their bullshit twice a week on the <laughs> Ring RC Spotify feed. Before we get out of here, we do, as we always say, we hope everyone's staying safe and well. Thinking of everyone on the West Coast of the US as well. We hope everyone's doing okay. If you want to get in touch about stuff, stadiofootball at gmail.com is our email. At Stadio on Twitter. You can send the mean stuff to Aokwonga. <laughs> <laughs> And leave me the hell out of these hashtag 8G conspiracy theory tweets. I don't want that shit anywhere near me. Next, I'm going to go Shea Serrano on the next person who tweets about it and they're getting blocked. I really really want to do a Shea Serrano style block. (laughs) Limbering up for the block. But with the screenshots as well. (laughs) You can send the concerns about sockless loafers at Ryan Hun. Don't forget to check theringer.com forward slash soccer. 
And anything else we want to shout out, Musa, before we play out? Just a shout out the virtues of hydration. Yep. Um, but apart from that, <laughs> maybe we should do some Stadio bottled water. <laughs> oh no! Oh gosh, no! That's the last thing the world needs. <laughs> catfish water. Very <laughs> <Jerry> sunny. <laughs> oh my god! Filtered by catfish. Oh my god! Stadio water filtered by catfish. This is it, right? I got to get on the phone after this. Oh, let's no. go. Let's go. Talk to the execs. Uh, we, I'm, I'm, maybe I'll take, I won't take a private plane because of money and climate change, but we're playing out on a track called Private Plane by Thomas Lear. Have a great weekend, everyone. We'll be back on Monday. Stay safe and well. See you in a bit. Ha, ha, ha.